Jesus' name. We have worshipped. Let all the saints of God shout amen. You may please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trusting God that we will be able to wrap up this series in the year 2022, that is this month. We, we've taken seven of the gifts of the Spirit. We have two more to go, uh, but I'm wrapping up the number seven tonight, which is the gift of prophecy. I've not been able to wrap it up before now, so I trust God to give me speed to tidy up the few other areas that we need to know. So, to begin with tonight, let's read our text. 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. We're going to be in verses 1 to 11. That's our main text. And then I would talk about, specifically about the gift of prophecy. From verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give unto you to understand, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God. That worketh all in all. Somebody say, God is working in me. Say, God is working in me right now. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit. Now I began to list the gift, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another the gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another descending of spirits. To another diverse kind of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. Nine of them. But all these. All these what? All these what? All these gifts, all these operations, all these administrations, worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man separately as a will. Now go to verse 28. And God has set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondly, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles. Then, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? The answer is no. Are all prophets? The answer is no. Are all teachers? The answer is no. Are all workers of miracles? The answer is no. Have all the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? And this is why some people don't speak in tongues. This is a Paul act. Do all speak with tongues? But in the same breath, he said, do all interpret? He was talking about diverse kinds of tongues. Not just the general speaking in tongues. Diverse kinds of tongues, that's what we'll look at next week is a gift of the Spirit on its own. And it is supernatural. And then there is interpretation of tongues, which is another gift, which is also supernatural. All should speak with tongues. Mark 16, 17, Jesus said, and this signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. These signs shall follow them that believe. Are you part of them that believe? Then you should speak with tongues. Then you should cast out devils. These are 
signs that should follow the believer. In the act of the apostles, chapter 2, we saw that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Ghost came upon them. And they all spoke with tongues. They all, the 120 of them, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it's not the same as what Paul is saying here. A woman took me up on this many years ago. She, she, she was Catholic. And I was trying to minister Holy Ghost baptism to her. She said, no, that's not my gift. My gift is dreaming. I dream. When I sleep, I dream. That's my gift. <laughs> I said, that is not a gift of the Spirit. Anybody can dream. And then she showed me the scripture. I said, hey, he's not saying yes. She said, no, 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 let's just look at it. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gift of healings, do all speak with tongues? So my own gift is not speaking with tongues. So get it right tonight in case you, you are trying to minister to someone and they throw up an argument and they bring up this scripture. Let them see that he's spoken here about the gift of the, the diverse kind of tongues. And then the, the, the next thing he said, we all interpret, he said that he was referring to interpretation of tongues. Because I will show you in another place where he said that when you speak in tongues, Actually, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13, you should covet to interpret, you should desire to interpret. Now, that's different from this. In this breath, he's talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit, and each of them is supernatural. Verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Over time, we've agreed. That when we talk about the best gift, we are talking about the gift that we need at the moment. The one you need right now. Somebody is on the verge of death and you need the gifts of healings or maybe even the working of miracles for them to help them. That is the best gift. It won't be word of knowledge at that time. If word of knowledge is what you need at that time, it won't be word of wisdom. It won't be diverse kind of tongues. It will be word of knowledge. That's what you need at that time. If it's the gift of special faith to receive a miracle, then that will be the best gift at that time. If it's the gift of the working of miracles, you are not receiving, you are working it, and this comes with speed, that will be the best gift at that time. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? Now, don't forget the categorization of the gifts. They are nine in number, but they are subdivided into three categories. Three of them say something, three of them do something, three of them reveal something. Of the gifts that say something, now, those are the utterance gifts or inspiration gifts. And that's actually what we're dealing with now. Number one of them is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy always says something. Thus saith the Lord. But that's not the only one. There's also prophecies divided into two. Foretelling future events. You tell it before it happens. There is also foretelling. Speaking the word of God. Taking the promises of God and speaking them forth. Those are the two branches of prophecy. Prophecy is one of the gifts that say something. It's actually the most important of them. The next is the diverse kind of tongues. And then the last of them is the interpretation of tongues. As a matter of fact, Paul by the Holy Ghost made it clear to us that if you speak diverse kind of tongues, plus you interpret the diverse kind of tongues, it is equal to prophecy. So prophecy, the gift of prophecy, is the most important of that lot. In that lot, we have the gift of prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, and then interpretation of tongues. So he said, if you take the last two, if you add them together, it is equal to prophecy. Diverse kind of tongue plus interpretation is equal to prophecy. Is that clear? That's the simple gift of prophecy. That's what we're looking at tonight. We've started looking at it for a while. The second category, we have the gift that do something. They don't say, they do. They act. Now, of the, of the lot, we have the, the gift of special faith. And then we have the working of miracles. And then we have the gifts of healings. The three of them do something. Alright? Now, of that lot, the most important is the gift of faith. It is the most important of that lot. And then the final, we have uh, the three gifts that
that reveal something. They are called revelation gifts. Now, one of them, the most important of them, is the word of wisdom. It is followed by the word of knowledge. And then it is followed by the discerning of spirits. That is the categorization of the nine gifts of the spirit. The Bible says something very clearly. You should desire. But don't you ever forget that each of these gifts is distributed severally according to the will of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows us. He knows what we need. He knows the assignment for our life. And he distributes this gift. But it is ours to forget. It is ours to desire. Amen. So tonight, without further ado, we are going straight to the gift of prophecy because I want to finish it off. The gift of prophecy. We've been talking about it for a while. I've given you the definition, so I'm not going back to all of that. I want to start from where I stopped the last time. I stopped on the aspect where I said there is a difference between the simple gift of prophecy and standing in the office of a prophet. Many Nigerians don't know that. They call themselves prophet. Or they call people prophet. Without really understanding what it means to stand in the office of a prophet. Listen church. Every believer is supposed to prophesy. Every believer can prophesy. That's why Paul said we should covet to prophesy. Are you with me? Are you with me tonight? Now, go to 1 Corinthians 14 and look at verse, verse 1. It says, follow after charity, that is after love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, would not have told us to prophesy if prophecy were not available for every Christian. Are you with me? God will not put anything in the Bible if he is not planning to give it to us. If he wants to give it to some people, he will write it there very clearly that this is for some people. That's why I said he said some in the church. Firstly, apostles. Secondly, prophets. And etc. etc. Now, not everybody will be an apostle, not everybody will be a prophet, not everybody will be a teacher. But here, this one is a general gift, it's for everybody. He said, Follow after love. Can we all follow after love? Come and talk to me, church. And desire spiritual gifts. Can we all desire spiritual gifts? Are spiritual gifts available for all, for all of us? Oh, yes, they are. Then, in the same breath, he said, But rather. That you may prophesy. That means we all may prophesy. But that is the simple gift of prophecy. It is not being called into the office of a prophet. We are not all going to be prophets. Verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not to men, but to God. For no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Alright? When you pray in the spirit, you are not talking to anybody. That's why you shouldn't be rascals. Using... Uh, speaking in tongues to, to make jokes or to talk to each other. No. The Bible doesn't tell us that. It says when we are speaking in tongues, we are not talking to any man. We are talking to God. Amen. Verse 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men. What is he doing speaking to men? To edification, that is to build us up, and exhortation, that is to draw us nearer to God. The word exhort, that is to draw nearer to God. And comfort. Okay? That, these are the, the, the purposes of prophecy. When you prophesy, it is to build up, to edify. It is to draw us nearer to God, not to chase us away from God. It is to comfort us. And you agree with me that in many, many settings, when they prophesy, it doesn't fall into this category. Instead of even comforting, they bring discomfort <laughs> to the people. Now, that's the essence of prophecy. Alright? Now, verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, builds himself up, charges his body. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Because when you prophesy, you are prophesying in a language that we can understand and so you are building us up. It could just be, well, the spirit of law will have to tell someone here it is well. And the person, somebody is here, or many people are here, they are disturbed, particularly in Nigeria. There is no field. There, is, there are no bikes. Don't take bikes anyway. I've always told you that. 
no cabs, you want to even order boats, your boat guys don't have gear, you know, it's so difficult to get around, but don't worry, God knows we're here, amen, God doesn't make mistakes, he knows we're here, and he's got us covered, can I have an amen to that, you might not even have a meal to eat tonight, but God has got you covered, and all you need to do is to walk by faith, and who says that God cannot supply, can I have an amen to that, and somebody might just come and give us a word and say, well, the Lord will have me search you, nothing missing, Nothing broken, nothing lacking in your life. And that's prophecy. That brings comfort. Okay, God has me. He's got me covered. He's got me in the palm of his hand. For I know the thoughts I, I have towards you, see of the Lord. They are thoughts of good and not of evil. That builds you up. That comforts you. Or somebody tells you, can the mother forget the baby at her breast? We should have compassion on the child of our womb. Yeah, they may forget, but I will not forget you, see of the Lord. The Lord will have me tell somebody here that you are not forgotten. That will build you up. That will comfort you. That will draw you nearer to God. Okay, God. You have not forgotten me. Thank you for not forgetting me. Oh, that blesses me. That blesses me. My circumstances have not changed. But knowing that God has not forgotten about me. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That's the purpose of prophecy. Are you with me tonight? And every one of us can do that. Especially foretelling. In the old covenant, primarily, prophecy was more foretelling future events. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel at the gate of Samaria, and two measures of barley for, for a shekel at the gate of Samaria, etc., etc. Now, that's foretelling what is going to happen tomorrow, about this time. But in the New Testament, it is more foretelling. It is more foretelling. Telling forth. Speaking forth the promises of God. Amen. Now, I want to establish again the fact that we all can and should prophesy. The word of God tells us that through Paul the Apostle, that we all should prophesy. Alright? Can I have an amen to that? Like we all should speak in tongues. And we all should also desire to interpret. If you go to verse 13 of that 1 Corinthians 14, where we are, verse 13 says, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Pray that he may interpret. Pray that he may interpret. When you pray in tongues, now I know you all pray in tongues. Pray also that you may interpret. And Lord, I'd love to have an interpretation as I speak in tongues, as I pray in tongues. I believe in the name of Jesus, I receive interpretation. Lord, I thank you because I receive interpretation. And the interpretation will come in the understanding. Amen. God wants to do that with us. Sometimes when you're in trouble and you don't know where to turn and you pray in tongues, you pray, 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 pray. Pray that you may interpret. The solution will come. Pray that you may interpret. Like people have tried to locate their church and they're looking for a site, looking for a location or looking for a place to open a business or your office, your chamber, your clinic. You're looking for a location. You're looking for whatever. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You want to start a business. You don't know where to get money from. Stop harassing people all about you. Give you money. May you not be a kind of Christian that people see your call and they drop you. Or they don't want to talk to you. Because you're bringing down their neck. Asking for money. Get from the source. We should not be looking at man. What is man? Every man is limited. No matter how rich a man is, he's limited. He's not your source. A man can't can carry you. He can't. A man is too heavy to be carried by another man. He can't carry you. God is the unlimited source. And instead of going to a limited person, a limited channel, why can't I go to the same source that blessed the man? Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? So what do we need to do when we are financially stranded? Take some time out and pray in the Holy Ghost and then ask that you want to interpret. And the interpretation will come from your mind, from your spirit through your mind. It could tell you, go ahead and sow a seed. That's it. That's it. Go, go around and beg. I said, well, go ahead and sow a seed. Go ahead and sow a seed. Say, Lord, I don't have a seed. Before he told you to go and sow a seed, he knows you have a seed. And this is the principle, one of the principles I live my life with. I live my life by. When I have some money that is not enough to meet my needs, that's my seed. That's enough to meet my needs. I need one million. I have 100,000. What is 100,000 compared to 1 million? Go ahead and sow. Amen? I, 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 I take my time out, sometimes two, three days, and just pray, Lord, how do you want to make this need? How, 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 what do you want me to do? 
know my business, how he's going to do it, but I, what do you want me to do? What exactly? You, I have a role to play here. What do you want me to do? You are the source. Alright? But you know, faith without corresponding action is dead. James 2.17. What corresponding action do you want me to take? They might be open a Facebook channel or YouTube channel. Boom. And that's it. That's the leap you need for your business. It might be, now, go to your, your textbook, read so-so and so, maybe you're writing, you're praying for an exam, and you don't know what area of concentration should be. And it tells you. Are you, are you with me tonight? Learn to separate yourself to pray in the Holy Ghost. If everybody can pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody can interpret. That's why he said, let him, wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. Can I have an amen to that? Now that's that about the gift of prophecy. Let's now look at who is the prophet. What makes the difference between the simple gift of prophecy and standing in the office of a prophet? I said this last week, I'll say it again. For someone to be called a prophet, he will not only prophesy. A prophet will have at least two of the other supernatural gifts in operation, especially the revelation gifts. For you to, to stand in the office of a prophet, there must be revelation to what you are saying. You are hearing on a higher level. And so you are bringing revelation. You are giving us light that you didn't see before. You are showing us something that is not known to us. In the simple gift of prophecy, there is no revelation. It's just edification, which is building up, exhortation, drawing near to God, and comfort. But in the office of a prophet, there must be revelation. Therefore, you know the gift that brings revelation. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirit. You either have two of them, or maybe the three, working together with the simple gift of prophecy in this person to be called a prophet. I say that again. All of us can prophesy. All of us should prophesy. All of us should desire to function in the simple gift of prophecy. But if any of us is a prophet, there will be some kind of revelation in addition to the simple gift of prophecy. Is that clear? Is that clear? Alright. Look at verse um, the same First Corinthians 14. Paul said something. Verse 29. He said, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge Still talking about the prophets. Verse 30. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, who is that another? Another prophet. Let the first hold his peace. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. Because when you are standing in the office of a prophet, there will be revelation if anything be revealed. Are you with me tonight? In the simple gift of prophecy, you just give comfort, words of comfort, edification, and exhortation. But standing as a prophet of God, there will be revelation to that. I'll give you an example. Let's go to Acts chapter 28. No, chapter 21. Acts of the Apostles chapter 21. In the ministry of Paul, he came with his company. Let's go to verse 8. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And it's good for our daughters to be virgins. Now that does that is very good. It's a virtue. If you're a virgin, keep it. If you have lost your virginity because of whatever lifestyle you used to live, but now you're in Christ, keep yourself a virgin in Christ. Amen. Now the Bible, there must be something about virginity. That's why the Holy Ghost pointed this out. Now in somebody wrote on Facebook some time ago that virginity is not a virtue. It's only a lack of opportunity. 
opportunity for what? Opportunity to sin. Opportunity to have HIV. Opportunity to contract human papilloma virus. Opportunity to have all kinds of STIs and STDs. Opportunity to be wasted. One girl that I used to know in the University of Liberia, 17-year-old, the day she turned 17, actually, she wrote on her face, on her wall, now I'm officially an adult. Uh, it is affirmed by her friends. It is fine to be something and to be exposed and to be wasted. Them all together to try to help those young people that can go and come to church and maybe even get help and get better and all. And the last time I saw her pictures online, they were not very good. I think she's now a full time pregnant. I mean, if you saw her graduation pictures, everything was out. You know what I mean? People tried to conceal their body parts, everything. I tell you, there were people that have walked this path before. You need to take a cue from them. Look at their lives. Nowhere to be found. Nothing good. Nothing to be written about. Nothing to write on about. Nothing to emulate in their lives. And if you want to follow the same path, leave it. But anyway, people do what they want to do. Even if you preach fire, people still do what they want to do. I mean, Paul, Paul the apostle, all the anointing and all the revelation and all the things, all these epistles he wrote. That when you go through the epistles, you see all manner of things that happen in the church. The one church, he said, the kind of fornication I'm hearing that is happening among you is not even the type that is mentioned among the Gentiles. So, I'm encouraging as a pastor. When I preach, and people still go ahead and do what they like. <laughs> if Paul, the apostle, that wrote all the epistles, which epistles did I write now? <laughs> even this church, this Corinthian church, you know, he was rebuking them in chapter 12, where, which is our main text, one of the verses that I think that three or so, uh, that uh, they were sold to idolatry. And he was telling them that no man, no man can be saved, no man by the Spirit of God can call Jesus accursed. He said, you, you, some of you have been driven away, onto the, you have been carried away onto the dumb idols when you were rescued from. So they got born again, and some of them went back to idolatry. Some of them were practicing church and practicing idolatry. They were doing so. This thing does not mean that people come to church and they go to clubs. No, it does not mean, or that they come to church and they still do uh, rituals to, to to be big in business. What about pastors who do rituals to populate their church? Somebody actually told me. He said, "What is it? They can use juju to bring people to their church, and when the people come, they will preach Christ to them. Which Christ?" Another version of Christ. The one that brought the people. You don't have the real Christ. Because if you had the real Christ in the first place, why would you go to the devil to borrow his material to do God's work? If God, for example, were a carpenter, would he go to the workshop of the devil and say, Satan, I'm stranded. Can I have your armor? Please lend me your saw. Would Jesus do that? If Jesus were a medical doctor, do you think he would leave his hospital and go to the hospital of Satan and say, Satan, please, I've run out of oxygen in my hospital. Could you please give me some cylinders of oxygen and may I borrow your stethoscope? Would that ever happen? No, it wouldn't happen. So why do you think you can go and borrow stuff from the devil to do God's work? No, you're doing your work. So all these things are not new. Are you with me tonight? Now, so the Holy Ghost pointed this out. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. They did prophesy. What does that mean? They gave words of words that brought edification, exhortation, and comfort. Amen. They built the church. They edified the church. They comforted the church. They exhorted the church. There was a church in their house. Their dad was an evangelist. Philip. There was a church in their house. So every time a service happened, these girls were prophesying. My God, may our daughters also prophesy. May our sons here also prophesy in the expression now. It's a good thing. It builds us up. It encourages us. You don't know who is coming, who has had a very terrible day in school, a terrible day at work, and they come to church. That's why the church needs to be church and not to be the club. Some churches in London now, they are clubs. The pastors don't even know Jesus. Funny guys, you know. They, they, they even adopt secular music on their altar. They say Christian music is boring. 
That's not a church. That's not a church. Let the club be the club. Look, just remove church from it. Let's know it's a club. You look at the way the, the, the choristers are dressed, the, the dance style, very seductive, you know. Uh, these ones, after service, they just go somewhere and, and they help each other. They pair up and help. And it's all about the, the glitz and the glam of ministry. It's all about the bling bling, show off of Gucci and Givenchy and Prada. Where is Jesus? One little girl did a video and that really blessed me. The little girl said, Jesus didn't die on the Gucci cross. Hey, Jesus didn't die on the Gucci cross. He died on the old rugged cross, on the, on the old rugged Calvary cross. Stained with blood. The blood that granted us access to the throne of grace. I wonder the heaven that some people are going or where they are taking people to. Let the church be the church. Let the club be the club. Let the children of God be the children of God. Let the children of the world be the children of the world. That's why we are not to copy them. We are to copy our father. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 says, Copy, emulate your father and walk in love. Who you copy tells us who your father is. That's what I said to my guys. Hey, you can't be a minister here and wear dreadlocks and, and pierce your ear, pierce your nose. Hey, guy, what's your problem? These things are part of the pop culture of the world. Look at America with their pop culture. Now Christians are trying my mic off. Christians are trying to be like the world. They are making attempts. They are making efforts to look like the world. You see ministers with ripped clothes like I mean rags. Rags. It doesn't matter. You know what matters is your heart. You know, and as much as God is looking at my heart. That is all that is important. That is not all that is important. Are you with me? That is not all that is important. If Christ were truly in you, you should reflect on the outside. It's an inside-out life that we live. How do I know Christ is in you? Do I see him? Can I see x-ray? But there's an outworking of that which is on the inside. There's an outworking of the Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. There's an outworking of Christ in your character. The fruit of the Spirit. Not just the gift, the fruit. In your, in your, in your gentleness, in your faith, in, in your loving kindness, in your patience, in your long-suffering, in your joy, in your peace. There's an outworking of your son. Don't, 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 don't judge me by what I do. Don't judge me. We will judge you, sir. We will judge you by what you do. Because there should be an outworking. If Christ were truly in you, would he be the one to tell you to go and fornicate or commit adultery or steal from your organization? And you are speaking in tongues. People are stealing money and they are speaking in tongues. They should be an outworking. That's why this generation is confused. They don't know. When you say you are born again, people are born again. They are even pastors. They are doing what we do. We do the same thing. We meet in the club. We drink together. Yeah, we drink. I, I, know, I know pastors. We drink together. So then what are you telling me? That you're born again. I'm born again now. Do you know almost every Nigerian you meet on the road now, you preach to them, they tell you they're born again. Because they go to church. And they pay tithe in church. And the pastors recognize them. <laughs> it's about money. No, no. There is a treasure that we carry in an earthen vessel. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That treasure is Christ in us. The hope of glory. Can I have an amen? The Holy Spirit said, These girls prophesied. Verse 10. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. Now, the Bible calls this man a prophet. That means he didn't just prophesy. Every prophet, yes, would prophesy. But prophecy is not the only gift they have. I'm trying to drive that home. They have additional gifts operating in them, which are revelation gifts. Are you with me tonight? Every one of us has money. A rich man has money. We too, we have money. But are we all rich? I'm not speaking by faith, though. By faith, yes, we are all rich. Amen? Now, in our current financial reality, 
Do we all have, do we all have millions in our account? The answer is no. Some of us have one thousand, three hundred sixty-five naira, twenty-seven cup Some of us have ten thousand. That's another level. Seven thousand, five thousand, twenty-nine cup four. Some of us have hundred thousand. I feel like looking for an average of two. And maybe some of us have five hundred thousand. You can talk to anybody here. Pastor can tell you that. You know, I found a key. You know. That's what somebody needs to just change the tires of your car. Never mind. Yeah, then you are deflated. <laughs> All your money, your life savings. Somebody just needs to change the tires. You don't even buy some, some tires. Eh? Brand new, not to football, brand new. You don't believe me? It happens for real. <laughs> now, a rich man has money. We do we have money now. But can we say that we are all rich? So everybody has some money, some little, little portion, right? The gift of prophecy. We can all prophesy. But we are not all prophets. The Bible talked about this man, a prophet. Agabus. So let's, let's see what happened in his ministry. Verse 11. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost. He was going to reveal something there. Did they all have the Holy Ghost? Yes. Were the four virgins there that did prophesy? Were they in the room? Yes. But this man was bringing something from a higher level. Thus said the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. That sounds good. I came and bound his hands and bound his legs. I said, as I bound myself, as I tied myself up with the girdle of whoever owns this girdle, this is how the Jews will bind the man that owns this girdle. And they will deliver him to the Gentiles. That doesn't sound good. But that was a revelation. And it was not a revelation. Connected to the past. It was a revelation connected to the future. Something that is going to happen. So is that word of wisdom or word of knowledge? Come on, talk to me. Come on, talk to me. Word of wisdom. Because it has to do with the future. If it is something happening right now, or something connected to the past, it should be a word of knowledge. Very good. You guys are flowing well. Now, look at verse 12. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place, that is the people they met there, Philip's house, besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. They were begging Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. This Paul man there. Verse 13. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? Why you are crying and breaking, you are trying to break my heart? He said, For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem. For the name of the Lord Jesus. If they will kill me, let them kill me. For the name of the Lord Jesus. My goodness. No wonder they couldn't kill him. I was reading to my wife earlier today. A place I, I focused on in the Acts of the Apostles. I've been, between, I've been oscillating between Acts 17, 18. I'm, I'm going back to 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I'm just, I've been doing like a morning personal time. And I said to her. In this Iconium, the big ball, the victim to power. They thought he, he, was, he was dead. They dragged him out of the city. Then, after a while, he was surrounded by apostles, by the apostles. And he got up. He came back alive. And he went back to the city. <laughs> what kind of man is this? And he was preaching again. Then the next day, they left. And then, where they went to, if I were him, I would just take sabbatical. Let me just go to sabbatical. When they went to, they started preaching again. Then guess what? He came back to confirm the churches, to strengthen them. No wonder when it was time to die, he was asking, should I go? Should I not go? That man is the original Anikulapo. He put death on the shelf. He said, death, stay there. When I need you, I will come. That's the way a Christian should die. 
Should I go? Where? Home. He said to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. If this body for that, all of you because I say, I'm with the Lord. I mean, just I'm just in another realm of reality. If I go now, not to your prophets. I still need to teach you some things. Should I stay? But I feel like going. He said, I'm I'm caught between the two. Whether to stay or to go. But many Christians are living in the bondage of the fear of hell. Because even they are living a double lifestyle here, so they are not sure. If something happens now, oh, let me make it all. Prophets were knowing him as the Christ. See, they were begging him here. He was asking them, Why are you breaking my heart? Why are you weeping? They said they were buying me in Jerusalem. Was that a fake prophet? No, he wasn't. But the kind of prophecy he brought, was it the kind of prophecy that anybody would like? But this was for you. Paul said, yes, I, you are right, but I will go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just wanted to see the difference between that man's ministry and the, and the girls, the virgins. The virgins, why didn't they see that? They get words of edification. Words of exhortation and comfort. But they never saw what Agabus saw. There was a revelation. There was a word of wisdom in addition to the gift of prophecy. Now, what happened was that that word of wisdom came through the gifts of prophecy. So don't get it twisted. The gift of prophecy says something. But in its saying something, this time, it is also now revealing something. So the gift of revelation flowed through the instrumentality of the gift of prophecy. Let me say that again. Even word of knowledge can come through prophecy. That is, you're, you're, you can be praying with someone and you say, excuse me, sister, this so so and so and so happened before me. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Did you go to so and so place? It's like the Lord is showing me something here. That is word of knowledge. Connected to the past, connected to the present. But it is coming through prophecy. Okay? It is coming through a gift that says. You are clear? If we go back to my study, my our study on word of wisdom, word of knowledge, we'll see that both of them, one of the ways they come is through prophecy. They could also come through an inward revelation. They could come through dreams and visions. Like I said, for me, uh, personally, uh, God has, he still does it for me. He helps me to see things and to know things, sometimes through dreams and visions, especially visions of the night. And it will be so clear and so undeniable, even overnight. Night, last night she woke me soon after. Now, I want to encourage you, pray more on the Holy Spirit. Hustle less. Run around less. Even if you're having a tough time in school because your lectures have, you know, piled up and all of that, and the workload is almost choking. Please, as God's children, make room for God. Take some five minutes apart. Lord, I just need my time alone. for sharing your word with me. I just want to let you know today that I love you and I appreciate you. And with all this school work, I know you're doing well. And in your right minds. Look, a whole burden for the Lord. God has helped me many times supernaturally. Sometimes when I look at a task, it's so daunting that it is overwhelming before even embarking on it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like a mental torture. If you're a lawyer, for example, and you have a case, and you look at the intricacies of that case, it can give you a mental breakdown. Where do I start from? But hey, if you are smart, turn it to the Holy Spirit. He will just tell you where to go. One place, and that's it. And you go to court and you win. Amen. Let us also not abuse this gift, the gift of prophecy, 
this is abuse. It happened in the Thessalonian church. The Christians at Thessalonica, Paul had to write them. They got so used to the gift of prophecy that they were almost abusing it. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19. It says, quench not the spirit. Verse 20. Despise not prophesyings. Verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Despise not prophesying. They, they got to a point they, they got used to it. And they just like despise it. Don't despise prophesyings. Okay? Let us not misuse that gift. Now, how do we do that? Some people see a preacher or maybe a prophet um, function in that office. And they also try to copy say. They also try to foretell. Instead of staying in foretelling, like I pray with you and I speak the word of God over you, I give you a scripture, a word of promise, that's fine. You won't get into error that way. Just see at the loss of so and so and so. But, mm, my sister, mm, I, I feel the Holy Spirit saying that you should not go to Lagos. Mm, mm, I saw L Lisbon, London. I think it's London. And the Holy Spirit has not shown you anything. You are misusing the gift. If he doesn't speak, don't say anything. There are times that people put pressure on you. When they ask you to pray with them, they will put pressure on you to say something because God must reveal something to you. If he doesn't reveal anything, there's nothing to reveal. There's nothing to say. Amen? and see something. Nothing to see. I'd been in an office before where a young lady was seeing something about everybody. And I entered the office and said, I'd better see something to see. Yeah, my daughter, I can't, I can't be under. Let me let me see something to see. Today, guess what? I ministered Christ to her. She gave her life to Christ that day and followed me to church. She joined this church until she traveled to Lagos. She was a big prophetess in the white garment church. Big. They couldn't believe it that she left their church. And she was a UI student. Students, some of these students, they are heavy, loaded. I said, yeah, see something. I said, no, I can't see anything. I said, you have to see you. I can't see something. Ah. All right. Have you been blessed tonight? So now you know the distinction between office of a prophet and the simple gift of prophecy. All of us should prophesy. Foretelling. But not all of us are called to be the office prophet. The prophet does not just prophesy. Yes, he does, but doesn't just prophesy. He has additional revelation gifts operating in his ministry. Some people think that preaching is prophesying. Some of your preaching, some part of it can be prophetic, but doesn't make preaching prophesying. Jesus never said that people are going to be saved by the foolishness of prophesying, but he said that they'll be saved by the foolishness of preaching. Preaching is to get people saved. Spiritual gifts, these nine gifts, are just to get the attention, they arrest the attention of the world. Yes. When there's a manifestation, for example, of the working of miracles, whoa, people will be, they will be attracted. It will arrest them. Then the preaching of the gospel will get them saved. Are you with me? It's not the gift of the spirit that will get them saved. It will arrest the attention. Okay. On the day of Pentecost, what happened? Acts chapter 2. When they all began to speak with other tongues, and people were hearing their different languages, their native languages, 
that arrested the attention. Ah, in Jerusalem, I'm hearing my mother tongue, my dialect. But did not get them saved? No, he didn't get one person saved until Peter spoke and preached. And then souls were drawn to the kingdom. Are, are you getting it tonight? So we need the gifts. Because if you're having a service like this on Sunday, you know, Sunday is when everybody comes. Who don't go to, who don't go to church? Normally we come on Sunday. And one of us is manifesting a gift. The unbeliever can be there and say, ah, wow. This person's talking about me. God followed me to church. God don't carry me to church. My attention is arrested. And the preaching of the word comes. <laughs> Let me come and shout out. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why we need those gifts in order to manifest it. Amen. Finally, we pray desire that you might have it. We pray in tongues. Desire that you might have it. Amen. As I begin to pray now for the next one hour, I want to pray in the spirit. And I want you to get, I want you guys to pray. Settle this matter. If you haven't prayed earlier today, you pray, pray again today. You can just take 30 minutes out. And please, those 30 minutes you're praying, don't be on your phone. Don't be on WhatsApp. No super get the You have paid yourself out. Give God undivided attention. Lord, I'm settling the matter of discernment. What would you have me say? What would you have me do? Where would you have me go? And Lord, as I pray in the spirit, I believe in the name of Jesus, I receive the interpretation. Go back to that scripture, and that's where we close today. First Corinthians 15 and verse 13. I believe, I receive the interpretation. I believe, I receive the interpretation. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray. What should he pray? That he may interpret. I pray, Lord, that I may interpret. <laughs> and it will surprise you. God will begin to give you words to speak about your December. And you begin to settle it and begin to settle it and begin to settle your family and begin to settle your health and begin to settle your finances. So a thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. It will not come nigh you. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. No matter what tomorrow holds, you don't care, but you know him that holds tomorrow and it is already settled. Can I have an amen? Stand on your feet tonight. Have you been blessed? Glory be to God. So next week, by the grace of God, we will go to uh, uh, diversify.